Welcome to Britter Bees, where we dive deep into healing Lyme disease by using bee venom therapy, as well as discussing all things health, wellness, and lifestyle related. I understand how difficult and time-consuming being sick is. It's freaking exhausting. I believe finding ways to heal should be simple, affordable, and impactful. Excited to buzz around with you through this crazy journey of mine. Hello, welcome back to Britter Bees, where we're talking about everything from Lyme, bee venom therapy, and today specifically, we are going to be talking about mold, which is just a disgusting word when I look at it. Um, we also have our first guest on Britter Bees, which I am beyond excited for. Um, I would love to introduce you guys to Karen Maloney, who um, deals with mold and Lyme herself. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hey, Britt. So excited to be here. Yes, we got our first guest. Um, Karen, I think like we met, honestly, on my first, prior to starting Britter Bees, I had Toxic with Britt, which was like a mold Instagram. And I think that's how we met, potentially. Yes. Back Um, in the day. I remember that was like before I didn't know many people that were dealing with it. And I was literally just like creeping through Instagram, trying to find somebody who understood what I was going through. And I came across your account, which I loved. And it was like, so relatable and whatever. And then I guess we connected and stayed in touch. Like so crazy. I just love our little chronic illness community. I honestly think you were like, maybe one of the first people too that I really connected with online. Um, Especially with an old page. I mean, looking back now, just thinking about how naive or I guess just really what a rookie I was in the health and wellness industry back then of not even knowing anything about Lyme. My account was specific to mold. Um, and I know that you definitely helped me a lot on, on that journey. So, so excited to hear just kind of about you and about your journey. Um, so let's go ahead and freaking dive into this crazy <laughs> world. Um, as you know, and just for, for our listeners, for people who are either new to the community um, or are dealing with this themselves, unfortunately, uh, mold and Lyme go hand in hand. Mold is really, it's a mito, gosh, I always say this weird, mycotoxin illness um, (laughs) and is really derived from mold. And there's lots of different molds. Um, Sometimes you can see them. Sometimes you can't. You could be living in a brand new establishment and still be dealing with this. So would love to hear from you just exactly what you've been through and how you really discovered mold in the first place. Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) my my journey is so crazy. It's like this goes back years. I mean, So it started in 2011. um, And to give you like the full scope, back in 2004, I was sick with what we didn't realize was Lyme at the time. Um, And they basically said I had chronic fatigue. And this was my first year of college um, going to Indiana University. But basically, I was super, super sick, had, you know, just had swollen glands, all that. Um, Couldn't get out of bed, was had like severe fatigue and went to a million doctors And long story short, I went back to New York and went to a holistic doctor who was doing muscle testing and kinesiology and um, holistic stuff like homeopathics. And so he literally gave me my life back almost overnight. So basically, he was able to confirm it was Epstein-Barr, and we don't know what had triggered it, but that was what really set me back the first time. Then basically, I was fine for years. It was probably another six years, Um, and I started a new job in fashion, which was my dream job at the time. And this was on Long Island. They had a warehouse there. And so I remember going to the office that day. It was this like big warehouse and it had carpeting in the back, which is where my desk was. And there was a huge flood. And I 
literally got into the office and I remember being like, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. And I ended up having to go back home, threw up when I got home, which was so not normal for me. Yeah. Um, And meanwhile, my parents had just sold their house that we lived in for years and they moved into a house that had black mold in the roof and they had no idea. So I was working in mold. you see that? Like, no, you couldn't no see idea, it at all. Right? No idea. You would have no idea. Wow. Um, and, you know, so it was like a double whammy. So it's like my parents' house um, was an issue. And then the office was an issue. And then, you know, this was totally new to me. I had no idea what was going on. But somehow I must have, you know, ended up in a Google rabbit hole. And this was back when, like, it was message boards. And I had to, like, yeah. find one single human online <laughs> that, like, yeah. knew what was going on. And I, I read something about someone having a similar issue. And it was mold. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And I felt like I was the only person in the entire world that was dealing with this at the time. It was so misunderstood. There was no yeah. information on it. So that was when it started. Um, so that was in 2011. So real quick, backtracking it up. So basically, you obviously were dealing with all of these different sicknesses starting in 2012 with uh, Epstein-Barr, which for a lot of people that don't know, Epstein-Barr is very, very common in the Lyme and mold community. Um, it's definitely a top symptom that many of us deal with. But looking back to that time, you really had no idea that mold was an issue then? Or did that doctor help you at all? Did he bring up mold when you like initially went to the doctor's office? Um, oh my God, I went to so many doctors that <laughs> I couldn't even remember, but I think it took a long time. I was seeing every doctor under the sun. I was seeing yeah. everything. I was even seeing, you know, acupuncturists, people who were doing NAET, which is like, um, you know, the allergy desensitizing, um, mm-hmm. protocol or, you know, basically he would, I would bring, so this is how crazy it was. I was so sick. And I thought something was wrong with me. Like I was crazy because everyone else was fine except for one girl in my office. She had this awful vertigo, which is what I had too. I, after people would leave the office, I'd literally go in and put an air purifier (laughs) next to my desk because I I had an idea that it was mold. And I remember a doctor told me, he's like, can you bring in a sample? And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? So I literally went to the office and like cut a piece of the carpet after everyone left for the night. My brought it to my doctor and he was like yes you're dealing with mold like because he muscle tested me and uh-huh. I was reacting it was weakening me um and then Can I was seeing just talk about how crazy that is from an average person like you couldn't just go to an HR department you couldn't just talk to your manager it's like you literally had to go after hours and cut a piece of carpet to see if the building had mold and again probably like again and for so many people that don't understand what we deal with and don't understand how under just rated this is as an illness and like the fact that you can't just ask someone that you literally have to hide this and like do it behind our after work hours is just insane and I know so many people do that now with even the cloth test I mean I've even thought about that with jobs too and and in buildings I'm like should I go early should I go in the bathroom and start you know (laughs) dusting things to make sure yeah this definitely makes a difference so okay so keep going so you you got that cloth you took it back and then what happened So after that, I started seeing more holistic doctors or doctors who are a little bit more open. But at the same time, I was still going to normal doctors and I was getting MRIs. I was getting, um, you know, I was seeing, my God, I had this like crazy test where they had to hook up all these things to my head because I was so dizzy. Mm -hmm. Um, No one was able to find anything, no matter who I went to. Um, Everyone said everything came out normal. Um, 
you know, my parents had a really hard time because they obviously didn't really understand it either. So I know my dad, my dad and I went through a tough time because he so badly wanted to help and I was completely helpless, felt so alone. Um, and then eventually, you know, I had started seeing a doctor on Long Island, Dr. Silverman, who also confirmed via muscle testing mm-hmm. um, that it was mold and it kept triggering my Epstein-Barr. So it kept coming back. And then eventually Lyme came up and I had seen another doctor. I mean, I had seen so many that year. I don't even know how many. Um, and this was a doctor who was at the time, he was like a chronic fatigue specialist, but he was okay. kind of traditional, but open-minded. And so he did some sort of Lyme blood test and he was like, you have Lyme disease. Um, and so all of that was triggered by the mold, which I know now, but I did not know at the time. So, you know, there was so many things going on that I just had no idea, you know, what triggered what or, you know, how to even heal from it. And would you say like, I mean, between that time, like what was the time frame of you feeling sick, you having these symptoms of vertigo and dizziness versus actually getting that diagnosis of one, you have mold, but then later on also Lyme. Like what was that timeline look like or what did it look like? Start to finish, it was probably a year. Okay. Um, So in the grand scheme, it's not very long, but that was a full year of me being super sick to the point where I couldn't go into work anymore. And then I was getting sick or being at home. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it took about a full year for them to finally realize that I did have Lyme. And then I think within a few months, I kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together because my parents had, they had some work done on the roof and my Mm -hmm. parents had found out that there was mold there and we're like, this is it. Like this makes sense. And there was the flood. And so all, you know, my, my mom has a bit of an open mind and she's very into holistic living and, you know, that kind of thing. And so she also did investigations and yeah, we were able to figure out that it was all mold related. Right. Um, I would but it say took a while. Completely. And I would say that like the the biggest thing that I hear with people with mold too, what you're talking about is just family, right? Of like being able to convince your family. It sounds like your mom kind of had an idea and she was super understanding, but your dad and I think just men in general are a little bit harder yes. um, to, to make them understand and to make them realize. Um, like how did you go about that? Because obviously they were feeling okay, right? And it's like, you were, were not. So how, how did that conversation go? Cause I know there's so many people who deal with this and it's so hard for people to relay what they're feeling when they're living in the same environment. One person is feeling amazing and the other is just literally at the end of, of feeling awful. Yeah, it was really tough. Um, that was one of the toughest times. And to this day, like I still apologize to my dad because I would be in tears, just like almost, you know, like almost like screaming for help. Cause I just could not function. I literally thought I had a brain tumor. That's how, you know, uninformed I was, but how sick I felt. And I just felt like they weren't, you know, as someone who I was 23 or 22 at that point, I think I was mm-hmm. yeah, probably 23 years old. And I felt like no one was helping me, no doctors, you know, no one was able to give me answers. And, and as a child, I guess, you feel like your parents are always supposed to have answers Mm -hmm. and my dad didn't and my mom didn't either. And you just feel really alone. And so it caused a lot of tension. And I just kind of would burst out with either, you know, crying or just kind of frustrated and angry and not knowing what to do. So I feel like, um, yeah, it got a little bit emotional and, you know, now my dad fully understands, which is crazy. It's taken a long time. 
Um, but looking back, it was interesting because my dad, even though I think everybody has different genetics and um, reactions, I think if it's really bad, almost everyone will be impacted in some way, even mm-hmm. if it's not the same as you are. And my dad ended up in the hospital that year. He was having chest issues and we were like, something's not right. And my dad is like the one person who has, you know, gone to a doctor once in his life, never feels sick. Nothing bad happens to him. And yeah, he was feeling, um, you know, he had some scary symptoms that year. So eventually I think my parents realized and they decided it was time to move. Wow. Yeah. It was really interesting the way it unfolded, but it opened up my parents' eyes to it, even though my dad Mm -hmm. wasn't really affected the way that I was. Nobody was, nobody was feeling the way that I was. Right. Um, It's just crazy because like as a society and just like where we are in our world, like this is not something that we think of when people aren't feeling good. And I'm the biggest believer that mold is one of our silent killers and that so many people go undiagnosed who have, whether it's cancer or just long-term illness or autoimmune issues. And it's like mold can be such a trigger for that. So going into that, for those that don't know, mold is probably one of the biggest triggers of Lyme disease. Mold and Lyme go hand in hand. And I would love to hear from you. I think you and I may have different perspectives on this, but really there's no wrong answer. <laughs> what came first? Is it the chicken or the egg? Uh, like- <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, now yeah. I'm like, well, okay, maybe I've had Lyme my whole life. Like, who knows? Maybe that's right. why I had all these mold sensitivities or, you know, like I have no idea. Um, but I was bit by a tick when I was younger and I pretty much lived a normal life up until I was 18. And it was just like out of nowhere, you know, I was, I was just stuck in bed for the next few months, but yeah, I, I don't, and I always try to figure out like, was I exposed to mold growing up, Mm -hmm. but we had a brand new house and you know, I, anything's possible. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, I think, um, there is a lot of evidence that, Lime could be first, but at the same time, it's like a lot of people are growing up in mold and have no idea. Yeah, exactly. And what's crazy is that people can have mold allergies or mold sensitivities without having Lyme. So yes. it's hard. But then also when you have people that are dealing with this and it's becoming chronic, it's like at that point, you need to also look into Lyme because they do go hand in hand. And I think honestly, I think they trigger each other. I don't know. There's so much research that needs to be done. It's honestly a little bit sickening of just like how many <laughs> of us suffer and that we're still guessing. It's 2020 and here we are like, I'm not really sure. It's crazy. Um, just insane. So talk to me a little bit about your symptoms. So I know we talked about, obviously, you were dealing with some neurological things. You had Epstein-Barr. What what did the symptoms of living in mold look like or of just really dealing with it? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I've always been very in tune with what my symptoms were with Lyme versus mold versus Epstein-Barr. Like, they're all completely different for me. Um, and I kind of, just because of, you know, having this experience for years and years, I've just learned what is what and mm-hmm. having things muscle tested and a doctor who's able to verify all of that for me. So mold has always been very neurological. It's always been, I mean, the way that I described it was, it's like I got high overnight. Yeah. Like I remember driving and being like, oh my God, like the I, high, not in a good way, guys. Not in a good way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like nobody would actually want to be like this. But I remember it was like when it first started, I I felt so foggy. It was like I was wasted. I felt so drunk, so high. Um, I couldn't focus. 
severe brain fog, depersonal or depersonal. Uh, wow, I can't speak. I got you. You know what I mean. Sense. This is our lime brain, guys. It works. Lime brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about memory. That was another one. Yeah. Like speaking, not remembering words, like getting things mixed up, um, confusion. Mm-hmm. I remember I was so disoriented. So I was trying to power through. I mean, this is the first time when I first got sick. I tried to power through. Eventually, they closed their office there for obvious reasons. And um, because a lot of their shoes actually got – it was a a footwear company. A lot of their shoes got damaged, and they needed to be somewhere a little bit more, you know, cleaner and whatever. Wait, so they actually got closed down because of the mold issue. Yep, and they wouldn't talk to me about it. Are you serious? That is like – unheard of Um, I know that's insane and so here you are dealing with it obviously I'm sure voicing it and and they just are gonna shut down and yeah and move on wow they they moved to New York City um but they moved everything that was in there to the New York City office so I think Mm. you know how that goes Um, let's talk a little bit about that real quick let's talk about I mean so for those of you guys that don't know Karen you were in New York well you were in Indiana Right. And then what did you move to New York after that? So I grew up on Long Island. I went to um, college in Indiana and then I came back after the first year because I was so sick. So then I started working locally. I'm sorry, this was after I finished college, but I finished. um, I had a boyfriend at the time that I broke up with. And so I moved back in with my parents and then just found a job on Long Island. So I was in fashion um, and they were a footwear company and they were also growing and whatever. And so they had moved from Long Island to New York City. Okay. But they had brought, but as far as yeah. like the actual, let's talk about like the move. So I know that Karen, you were in New York recently, um, waiting to get your visa, right? Mm-hmm. To go back to the UK. Can you talk about just what exactly what you had just touched on, right? About bringing materials from an old home an old moldy home to a new place and like what that looks like and then also I'd love to know from you like I think one thing that people don't understand with mold illness is they think like oh you had mold you'll move into a new place and you'll be fine but really in the big picture it's so much harder than that it's It's literally hard it's honestly like I it makes me have anxiety thinking about all of that goes into it about one ridding your stuff to having to find a mold-free place. But I was thinking about you in this situation because not only were you having to do similar things, but you were also having to find a place overseas. So like, just throwing all of that into the mixture, will you just walk through a little bit of like what that looks like if someone is dealing with mold and is trying to heal themselves? Like what does the moving process look like? It can be really rough. Um, so what I'll say is when I got better, I stopped being sensitive to a lot of environments. I mm-hmm. didn't even think about mold for like six years until I got really sick again. So I was living in New York. I wasn't really sensitive to any environments. I don't really know if there was mold at the time. My parents had moved. We were in a cleaner home or so we thought. Yep. I was feeling great, like back to normal. Everything was great. And then, like you said, I was in New York and uh, my now husband at the, at the time was living in London and I was kind of back and forth. And um, so I was going back and forth and we were in a new place in London, like a brand new development. And that is when my symptoms came back and they just started creeping up on me. Um, 
eventually I went back to New York, which is where my parents had lived and I was fine there for years. Yeah. Went back to their house and I was deathly ill overnight. Wow. And they ended up having mold issue there because it's so common, but they had cleaned everything from the previous home, like washed every single item. They got rid of things like, Mm -hmm. you know, a couch that's porous and basically because anything that is porous or that will absorb, you know, the mold spores, um, you're kind of carrying that exposure with you. So my, I felt so bad because the amount of effort my parents put into this was like, you know, beyond Yeah. and cleaned everything, didn't want anyone to be sensitive. And here we are dealing with it again. Um, so they so didn't they really bring a lot. Got like all new things. Yeah. Just to give you guys like our perspective of this, like we're talking couches, we're talking tables, like the expensive furniture that you usually want to keep for a long period of time is really the furniture that you need to get rid of. So here they are doing everything that you can. And still, sadly, it was, it was an underlying issue. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, but yeah, you have to be so, so diligent in cleaning everything, making sure you know what needs to be cleaned, what needs to be thrown away. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. whole list of do's and don'ts and, you know, including your laundry, um, you know, things like clothes and shoes. And so I literally, before I went back to London, so I was, you know, back in New York waiting for my visa and that's when I got really sick again. So I was hopping around from house to house because every house was making me so sick. My parents mm-hmm. made me so incredibly sick, which never happened in the past before. But I was overnight super sick, really, really dizzy, really disoriented. Um, I was getting severe fatigue. Like my Epstein bar came back. Yeah. So my sister was living in New York in, in the city at the time. And so we're like, okay, go stay with her. I go to my sister's. I was so sick at my sister's um, that made my Lyme flare up. So I started new symptoms that I had never even had in my life before, which my doctor was able to tell me that that was Lyme and mold. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out we found out a year later that she had a leak in her bedroom and it was building up in her wall. She had no idea the building had never fixed it. And eventually it was dripping over her bed. So she ended up leaving. Um, But so, yeah, I was going from my parents to my sisters, my parents to my sisters, and I I was so sick everywhere. I ended up eventually staying with friends. I would sleep on their couch. I'd go to my brother's, which was in all the way in upstate New York because I had literally nowhere else to stay. Mm -hmm. He was a six-hour train ride, and I ended up I'm sorry. So here you are, like, (laughs) in your 20s, supposed to be thriving with your life. Dealing with all of these symptoms and taking six-hour train rides to literally – sleep somewhere safe. That's yes. what an issue, how big of an issue it was. But this is how crazy it was. Everyone's like, Andrew and Emily's are clean. Like you have nothing to worry about there. Well, I get there and guess what? No. I feel, and the thing that you need to know, like, and I'm sure you know this too, or the thing that the listeners need to know is like, you have different reactions to different molds. So yeah. while I was super dizzy in my parents' house, I had like the worst headaches and you know, just say headaches are more recent, but like, just as an Mm -hmm. example, I would have the worst headaches in my sister's. And then I would go to my brother's and I had horrible fatigue and I couldn't even walk around stores because I just couldn't see straight. And I was so disoriented. Right. Um, and just like crazy brain fraud. Sorry, brain fog. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. And I'm still dealing with it. Yeah. If you can't tell, Karen's still got some issues. No, we're both uh, definitely on the same page with things. I mean, it's hard to escape. It's 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 awful. Um, and the fact that you had to just 
do all of that work. And still at the end of the day, you're still dealing with things. I think that was good to point out is like mold isn't just like one mold. There are gosh, hundreds of molds. Like I want to say like probably even thousands, if I'm not mistaken. I know that like the test that we run, I'm sure that you've ran it. I think the Ermi is like 360, I want to say. So there's a ton. There are definitely some that are going to be a lot worse than others. Like statue, I know is like the toxic black mold. That Deal breaker. Oh yeah. <laughs> if there is statue in a house, like I am out. So, <laughs> oh gosh, it's just like absolutely crazy. The things that, that we have to go through and think about. Um, and then, yeah, the symptoms, I think it's super special. And I don't think a lot of people have gotten to that point of their healing journeys that they can actually pinpoint mold from Lyme versus other things. And it sounds like over time you've been able to do that, Yeah, um, which is great. Cause I think that it leaves people questioning a lot of like, I don't know what it is. Like, is it my environment and is it my situation? And like mold is a big thing, but then also it's like you move into a new place and something a lot of people don't talk about are, I'm going to say this wrong. Is it the V, the VCOs or VOCs? Do you know what VOCs? I'm about? VOCs. Yeah. VOCs. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Like, like that's also another thing, which is basically like the chemicals coming off from new environments. Um, and so there's just a lot, a lot that goes into it. Um, So what would you say as far as like healing modalities? We talked about moving, right? Well, let's talk a little bit more about moving. So we talked about the items, but how does one go ahead and like test an environment? So if I'm living in mold and I'm looking for a new place, like what does that look like for for someone? Yeah, I mean, so to go back on your point of um, moving before, just so I don't forget, when I had moved from New York to London, I knew that that place in London where we were living prior to where we are now was clean because I always mm. felt amazing. Yeah. It was literally overnight. So I obviously had all of my stuff in New York at the time because I was there. We had a few issues with our visa. I was there for a while. I ended up having to get rid of all of my clothes, all of oh my, my shoes. I wasn't willing to go through this again. I wasn't willing to bring all this wow. and have anything toxic with me, anything that was going to trigger me or not make me feel well, especially and in another country. That, like, fashion is one of your passions. <laughs> and here you are getting rid of everything of all of your belongings. Like how humbling, like was that at that point where you like, screw it, let's go mold as a bitch, let's move on? Or were you still like a little bit sentimental? Because I'm sure some of those items like were meaningful or just in general, like that's your life. Those are your clothes, you know? I mean, honestly, I didn't want to get rid of them. Like yeah. nobody really wants to get rid of their clothes, especially I had yeah. some nice, some nice footwear in my day. <laughs> Back <laughs> so in the day. Yeah. I definitely didn't want to get rid of it. But you know what? You I was like, this is a clean slate. It's fine. I'm gonna buy stuff when I get to London. And it was yeah. kind of an exciting thing at the same time. Um, but it was really, you know, it was kind of hard. And so I literally got rid of everything and that's all the new jackets that I got in London and I brought back to New York that I loved. I got rid of everything and I'm like, that's it. And actually, you know, I felt amazing getting rid of it and going, Mm -hmm. going back to London, knowing it was going to be clean and I was going to have a a fresh start and feel really good. And then I'm like, fuck, I have no clothes. <laughs> and I was like, so so upset. Yes. Yeah. But I still sprayed everything because I'm just not willing to yeah. take that risk. And you just don't know. Um, but yeah, so in terms of testing, so I knew that that place was clean. Whether I tested it or not, I felt mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm very in tune with my body. And, and if it were something that would trigger me, I would be a little bit more concerned. Right. Um, the place that we, mo- we moved into now, we did test. Um, okay. And basically what you do is um, we used an ERMI, which is supposedly the most reputable source. And what it is, is either a a cloth or you can do like a vacuum sample. 
And all you do is literally take the dust, you wipe it up, and then you send it into the lab and it'll tell you what kind of uh, molds you have, if you have mold, and then, you know, what the strains are um, and what the levels are. And so I guess you probably know this, you might even know this better than I do, but I know you want to be below a two if you are dealing with mold toxicity or SIRS is what they call it, or Lyme, any of those things. Um, and ours was a seven, so okay. it's not great, but it's not horrible because we didn't have like the super toxic black moans or anything, but I don't feel as great here as I did previously. Right. Um, so there's still and, improvement to be made. <laughs> yes. And so the one thing I didn't mention is, is that we, I also knew that we had, there is a mold issue here because my husband and I were separated and we had to find a new apartment. So he mm-hmm. obviously, you know, went on his own and I wasn't there to kind of like check things uh, out. Yeah. And of course there's a little water damage in the bathroom. Um, it's a newer build. It's not an old, yeah. you know, house in London, but we're in a newish comp- uh, apartment complex and they were installing the shower and basically it leaked all over and started like a whole, um, thing of water damage. Yeah. So I was kind of freaked out from the start and we were like, we have, and eventually I wasn't feeling as be- as good as I was before. And so we're like, we have to test it, mm-hmm. but this is something now we're, like I said to you earlier, we're, we're trying to move. And so we're trying to figure out, do we go and test everywhere? Do you risk it? Do you just use your instincts? And yeah, you know, they're not cheap at all. Um, no, that's the thing too. So the Ermies are typically, you're right. The Ermies are one of the most accurate, I would say, mold tests on the market. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we probably see of people who are new to this journey is like, they're going to call up a mold inspector and like 90% of the time, the mold inspectors, like their criteria versus what this Ermi test is, is like, it doesn't even compare and they'll be like, oh, you're fine. It's healthy to live. But it's one thing to be like, like good enough levels for a healthy person, but for someone who's sick and who's battling this illness, we have a little bit of stricter criteria than that. <laughs> so highly recommend the army. Um, and then also going off that there's also the hurts me, which yes. is, um, it's a little bit less expensive. That one is, so the, the army is 300, the hurts me is I think 150, but it also like tests half the amount of mold spores. Um, but both are good. Um, but definitely for, for anyone who is like looking to kind of test their place, look into those two tests, the Ermi you want to keep your right. It's under, um, two. Um, and then the hurts me is under 11 and Dr. Shoemaker is kind of notorious, uh, for, for setting those standards and setting those numbers. Then yeah, did you look into like the Shoemaker protocol? Like, were you ever put on that? Yeah, I was. When I first got sick, um, I ended up working with a doctor. I had to drive like an hour and a half to go see this doctor. I did um, cholesteramine, but it wiped me out so bad. I couldn't function on it, so I had to get off of it. And I ended up just doing more like natural detoxification strategies. Um, And yeah, I was traveling to do the Schumacher protocol and, you know, VIP nasal spray, all those things. And question for you, did they ever bring up mold at this, or I'm sorry, Lyme at this point, or did you know you already had Lyme? Okay. This is my biggest issue and sorry for anyone who works with Schumacher. Um, My biggest issue is that they never bring up Lyme and I was the same where I was diagnosed with mold toxicity for 
over a year prior to even knowing anything about Lyme disease. And you would think that knowing that there's so much research on it, that the shoemaker practitioners would be educated to at least test Lyme or at least bring it up to the patients. And they don't. So that's like my one downfall with them. But other than that, I think the protocol is good. Um, But I think that what you're saying, there's a lot of other factors that need to be kind of assessed as well. Yeah, it is interesting because like I do have friends that have gone and done the protocol, but Uh they've never been told they have Lyme. Like it's not even in the it's not even like on the, you know, not in, in the scope of the appointments at all which is really interesting. Same thing that happened to me. So, okay. So you did the shoemaker protocol. And for those of you that don't know, shoemaker protocol, basically the biggest thing is one getting out of mold, right? Like, yes, it's very, very hard to heal from Lyme or mold while living with it. And obviously Karen is (laughs) a a prime example of it right now, looking for new places to live. Um, But aside from that, yeah, it's um, CSM, which is cholestramine. Um, is something that I put you on, which is a prescribed binder. Now, binders are really just like essential to healing with mold. And we'll get into just, I want to hear like your detox methods and just ways that you've dealt with healing mold. Um, but binders will basically bind the toxins to the mold toxins and help pull them out of the body. Cholesterol is a higher form of that, I guess, just because it's prescribed. But there are also like natural ways with like binders and activated charcoal. And I think it's Welchel, um, chlorella and so much more. Um, so yeah, so I'd love to hear how that protocol went for you, but then also just like moving forward, what have you done to, to help detox and rid your body of, of nasty mold? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's long and you know, it's not an easy process as you Mm -hmm. know, like it can take years and years and years. And I will say, my story is so crazy. I feel like sometimes I forget so many things, but so I, one reason I felt so well was because of course, nobody knew what was going on. Like I said, I went to neurologist and they were like, take some Xanax, take this, take that. Mm. So I was on Xanax and I felt amazing. Like I literally, I felt completely normal. I've heard that from a wide variety of people. There's someone that actually messaged me dealing with mold this week and asked me if I've been on Xanax because it helps the symptoms. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It helped me so much. But so I basically, I, I was really functional, even though mm-hmm. I might've still been toxic. I really don't know. I was doing binders and the sauna. There was one sauna that I had to drive like 45 minutes to. It was the only one that existed at the time. This was back in, in you know, 2012. Oh gosh, So yeah. I was, yeah. So I was doing, they, it was this like amazing wellness center And I would drive there and I would do lymphatic drainage. They did this like massage that was so painful. (laughs) Oh, really? It was so painful. (laughs) Wow. But I did it. Because your limbs were so blocked from the mold. Is that why? Yeah. It's just like, it's tender areas. You know, like they would touch just like your chest and like just really tender areas. But I was desperate to feel better. Yeah. So I did that. I did the infrared sauna. I was taking, um, like I said, the CSM, but obviously it made me Mm -hmm. really unwell. So I switched to... I was doing everything. I was doing clay. I was doing clay and psyllium husk. Um, That was by like my millionth other doctor. I don't even know who it was. (laughs) Um, There's so many at the time. So then there was zeolite. There was clay. There was, um, I was taking diatomaceous earth. Yes. And I actually just ordered that today because I remember it made me feel amazing. Really? Um, Amazing. And that's that I, I don't know something. I think it depends what mold you have in your body and there are different binders that work for different molds. Mm -hmm. So if you know what mold you have, then it's easy to know what, what binder can address it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, those were like the main things that got me back up and running. And then the last two years, I have just gotten back on, you know, the sauna. Um, For a while, I was, I mean, I was sicker than ever. So I couldn't even do any kind of exercising. I couldn't do, you know, the things that I used to do. Um, But I've done um, IV therapy. I've done, um, you know, phosphatidylcholine, which has helped me a lot. Glutathione, IV is that kind of thing. And then I transferred into the liposomal forms, the oral forms, Mm -hmm. um, just because they were too hard to access and they were just too expensive. Yeah. But yeah, so I've pretty much done everything at this point that you could ever imagine. Acupuncture, um, which made me feel incredible. I will say when I was dealing with the really, really bad like dizziness or brain fog, that was something that really helped me kind of like – feel a little bit more functional. And then, um, what are other things? Oh my God. So many, I mean, I take chlorel, I take spirulina, you know, eating so much. What you listed was just like a long list, but it's like, I already know that you've probably done so much more than that on the back end of like not even remembering like all the things that you've done. So out of all of those, what would you say like was made the biggest impact or do you think it was kind of a cumulative like over time kind of uh you know what I think saunas make the biggest impact for me um and I think I don't think every sauna is created equal either I think you Mm. need a good quality for me I can walk out of a clear light sauna and feel like a million bucks but if I go to a different sauna I don't get that same result and I ended up buying a portable one just because I want to have access. And, you know, in London, you don't have a lot. There's literally one place that has wow. um, infrared saunas. And it, what's crazy is, like, it, it just goes to show you, like, how behind some places are on yeah. wellness. Like, you can go to California, and they have full-on infrared sauna studios with Netflix TVs and Spotify music. We don't have that. <laughs> and it's hard. And I know you're not the only one. And there are a lot of people who live like in the middle of just even the States. And it's like, they just, they're, it's not there yet. So they're kind yeah. of left to deal with like, do I buy one? Do I not? But going off of that, exactly what you said is they're not all created equal. Like I know a lot of the portable ones do have high EMFs or don't make you sweat as much. Like, trust me, there's good ones, but um. I think it, it's definitely a struggle. Like you said, it's not all created equal. It's really funny because when I was in New York, there is a place that had like a communal, it was a very cool spot that yeah. had infrared saunas. And I don't know if you're familiar. Like, I don't, you probably wouldn't know it, but, and I'm not going to name names, but it was, <laughs> um, it was this really cool studio and they had a communal infrared sauna and for some reason every time I'd go out of there I would feel really dizzy and really off and I was like there's maybe they have EMFs there or something and I asked the guy about it I'm like do you know if it's like low EMF and he's like what do you mean he had no idea what I was talking about and you would think anyone who has a sauna studio would know about Mm -hmm. whether they're you know safe or you know that kind of thing he had no idea he's like I'll have to ask the owner I guess or whatever and I'm like yeah never mind Definitely not coming back, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, I mean, so, but anyway, I mean, I think sweating is better than not sweating at all. So I think you have to kind of pick and choose. And and so we did invest in our own portable sauna, which is the best investment. Um, And just binders. I mean, finding the right binder that works for you. Like now I use a binder called um, Taxaprevent. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It is amazing. Um, and the thing is with binders, you, like, you know, you have to time them. So Mm -hmm. it can really, you know, it's hard to take binders because you have to make sure you leave an hour. So it doesn't interact with medicine or food or whatever it is. Every binder is kind of different. 
Um, and so what I love about Toxaprevet is it stays in your system for six hours and it doesn't interact with, with any of the supplements that you take. Yeah. So, and it's just something I felt the best, um, effect from. So yeah, that's like, those are my two non-negotiables for me. Yeah. I think I completely agree with you on the infrared sauna, um, especially from the mold. So as I've healed more and more from mold toxicity, like the saunas are amazing, but I don't get that. Um, I guess that like relief that I got when I was dealing with molds, like you could be dealing with mold, walk into the sauna and walk out and just be like, I am healed. (laughs) I am a new person. Like I am taking on the world today. Um, and I think I, I relate to you in the sense that I can kind of pinpoint now too. Um, actually just a few months ago, I was in Chicago at my friend's apartment staying there for the night and just had the biggest mold hit. Like I just, you know, when you can walk into a building and it feels like it's in your throat, it's like suffocating you. Um, it was that, it was that bad. And I made an appointment for an infrared sauna down the street. And I kid you not, like just within 10, 15 minutes of sweating, I was like a new person. So crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, definitely highly recommend infrared sauna. I do know they can be expensive. Um, but I do think it's like you said, absolutely worth looking into. Um, you know, not all studios are bougie, like the one that I go to <laughs> and like a PT studio and it's, it's pretty low cost. Um, but dreams to have like a full sauna in my house. Uh, dream. That is yeah. like a house goal. Like you have I'm no idea. Have, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Literally can't wait to wake up every day <laughs> and to just have that ability and option. And I think that's something, and at least for me that I plan to do moving forward the rest of my life. And I assume you're probably are, are similar. It's like, you never know where you're going to get hit. You, your body is dealing with immunity wise. Like I think infrared sauna, honestly, for everyone is great. And would love to talk about it. I mean, now that we're on the topic is like, really, what's the difference between that and a regular sauna? Yeah. I mean, the infrared sauna, uh, detoxes you on a cellular level versus the, you know, regular sauna will kind of clear your pores and that kind of thing, but you're not getting that same hardcore detoxification that you would get. And you're not going to feel that difference either. Um, so yeah, it's completely different. I think there's a million more benefits from, you know, the infrared sauna versus a regular sauna, but some people do feel good doing the regular sauna too, but I think it definitely penetrates the cells on the cellular level. Um, so that's the major difference. Exactly. Yeah. I think what you said too, like if you can sweat, sweat, no matter what it is, (laughs) Um, however, but if you can sweat the infrared sauna, do that versus others. But I mean, even just getting out in the sunshine, um, and getting some vitamin D and sweating that day is always encouraged too. Um, going off of that, I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize is some people are just stuck in that situation of like, is this mold? Is this like, like, I don't want to do all this testing and pay all this money. I don't want to go see all these doctors if I don't really know. Um, I do. And I have seen a lot of people that will actually like live outside in a tent for like a couple of weeks or a couple of days. Have you ever gotten to that point? <laughs> like trying that? <laughs> Funny you say that. Um, no, I definitely told my parents I was going to buy a tent. And they're yeah. like, you are not doing that. I'm like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like I was so close to doing mm-hmm. that. And then they were like, okay, you're going to Andrews. That's it. But yeah. I, I would have done that because I felt so, I literally thought like there were nights in my parents, I genuinely didn't know if I was going to wake up. Like I was so sick and I felt so bad. Even when I got fresh air, I was still so unwell. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it's like, you know, if I don't feel great, I get out and I have fresh air and I feel great and I can function again. But like, I think when you get to a level of feeling so sick or a place is so 
damaging to you that mm-hmm. it's really scary and you'll do anything to feel better. Oh, like, completely. Literally anything. I would have done anything anyone told me. Um, and I was definitely ready to sleep outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely see that a lot. And I think for people who may be listening to this of like questioning, right. Of like, what is this? I'm not sure if I'm ready to pull the trigger on doing all this testing. Like, I think that's a really good thing to know is like, go outside like for long periods of times and just take note of what you feel like. Like it sounds like Karen's load was very heavy to the point where it's like, you didn't get a lot of relief when leaving the house. (laughs) However, a lot of people will note that if they leave the house, they'll start feeling, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more like themselves. Um, Some people have slept outside in tents. I thought about it as well. (laughs) I was to that point um, prior to moving to Colorado, literally to escape mold. Um, I was at that point where I was like, should I try it? Should I do it? Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna pull the trigger and and move my life and start fresh because you get to that point of like, like nothing matters. Like if, if you're not feeling good, nothing matters in the world. Like you just want to get to a place of like feeling safe in your own home, which yeah. is something that it's just the reality <laughs> that we have to deal with day to day is like, we need, we want to be able to come home and feel safe and feel good in our own environment. And like, we'll do whatever it takes to, to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. It's like we invested in, in, in the last few years, we've had so many air purifiers. I mean, you put so much effort into making Mm -hmm. sure your home is clean. You know, you get mold sprays, you clean the air, you, I've done everything, diffusers, essential oils. Um, but also it's like leaks can just happen. You don't like, you're not prepared for that. You might be in a clean home and it might not stay clean. Um, you know, using your shower, not knowing there's something in the wall or things mm-hmm. can just get worse over time. And I think there's, there's just so many elements to mold. Like it's not just like so mold toxic toxicity. You can leave or you can heal. You just do a treatment. It's like, there are so many things and so many protocols and so many things you have to consider. And yeah. you know, your diet, I couldn't eat so mm. many foods when I was at my worst. Like if I had even just one piece of fruit, it made me so dizzy. If I had cashews that, you know, there are certain foods that have mold in them. So things like peanuts, I banned my family from having peanuts. Yeah. (laughs) Because then I was scared. Um, Yeah. I'm like, my parents, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want them to get sick. And then, you know, you just, because I know what I've gone through. My biggest fear is my parents going through that or my Mm -hmm. sister going through that. And so I developed this like fear of what if somebody else, you know, I love starts feeling sick. Like that's just, cause I can deal with myself and I can put on a front and you get so strong from dealing with this. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. But I can't deal with my, somebody I love being sick. Like I, it's just harder for me. Oh yeah. I think just in general, like I could never wish this on anybody. Um, absolutely. And yeah, just the things that you have to think of that go into it to like what you were saying, just even diet, like People just don't understand all of the different things that we have to do. Um, Did you have to tweak your diet a lot? Like, I know you talked about, like, those few different foods. But aside from that, was it a heavy load or was it something that you were kind of already, like, on the path of of doing? Um, I was already kind of on the path because I – so the big things to eliminate would be, you know, coffee, things that have mold Mm -hmm. would be coffee, peanuts, um. I don't usually eat a lot of bread anyway, so I'm not eating a lot of sandwiches or that kind of thing. But so I was on a very, very low um, mold diet. But I throughout the years, I always had candida. So it's like I always was cautious with my diet and I always wanted to feel my best and to feel my best wasn't eating a lot of sugar and carbs. So I kind of was always on that path. And then 
you know, I saw the medical medium that became a trend and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. But then his is a lot of fruit and I would try and I would get so sick. And just because I had such high levels of mold and, you know, I was reacting to it. So it was really difficult. Um, But yeah, I eliminated everything that could have been a trigger and, you know, was really, really clean and low sugar and low carbs and that kind of thing. So it's crazy that you can have something like so healthy, like fruit, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, eat as much fruit, like it's good stock up. And I do believe fruit is amazing, but it's like people like us that are dealing. It's like, actually, that's one of the worst triggers. um, If you're really dealing with this on, you know, with a super high sensitivity, it is like a banana is like my dream. Yeah. Like yeah. one day I'll get there. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And then also one thing I wanted to touch it on, which you talked about earlier. Um, it's just like new buildings. Like you kind of hit the nail on the head of just saying, you know, you can move into a new building. You can do the test. Everything comes out good. You're, you're great. Right. A year from now or a year from then, or a few months from then the case could be completely different. And that's actually what happened to me. Um, when moving out to Colorado, I, I moved to escape mold, got into a brand new building, did the test. Everything was good. A year later down the road, it was just a cheaply built building. Can, and I, so, can I ask you, what were yeah. your levels when you tested the When new I building? tested, it, it was like seven-ish. Oh, yeah. See, that's but pretty it, high still for a new building. For a new building, yeah. And it wasn't to the point like where I was super reactive. Like, I don't, I don't know if my sensitivity is that crazy I do know when I'm in statue like I can tell right away yes I dip the building Same. um but yeah I did like towards the last few months of living there I started getting these kind of whiffs of like something a little musty <laughs> and I was like I gotta test it and I tested it and now my environment's great but can you smell mold when like if you walk into a building or and I know it's different right because there's so many different types of mold but do you usually like get a whiff of it at all uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can, I feel like a lot of smells I've kind of, and like you said, it's like maybe cause I'm detoxing so much. Like I don't really yeah. notice it as much, but like my husband and I looked at a property the other day, or this is like two weeks ago and we walked in he was like, fuck no. I'm like, this would kill me. <laughs> yeah. like, we just walked right. It was like, that was disgusting. Was like, no. yeah. yeah. Like he even smelled it, but I'm like, how do people live with this? I know but- it is amazing to me how people I mean I guess their immune systems are just up or like they just don't have the genes I don't know but like I think about that all the time like how are they living in this like in this dirty environment um so for someone that's like new going through this and just to kind of wrap this up here is like what would you say obviously what we went through there's a shit ton (laughs) like this is not an easy process by all means and I know we jumped around a lot of like what to do and the symptoms and how to clean. Um, but like someone that's like brand new, just kind of figuring it out, like what's some advice that you have, um, to someone getting into this journey? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, I would maybe, if you think there's an issue with your house, you haven't tested yet. I would maybe take a trip even for two days, just get out for a little bit, see how you feel. If you start to feel better, you're kind of going to put the pieces of the puzzle, puzzle together um, make the connection. But, you know, if you can't even do that, I would sweat as much as possible just to see if that starts to help you feel a little bit better. And then obviously if you can test, that's really important. So you can understand what you're dealing with. Um, because I do think the toxins that you have, you know, the level of toxins, all this is, is relevant. If they're kind of low and sustainable, then maybe you can just detox and deal with them and feel better. Um, 
but I would lean on your community. I think that's the biggest thing is I Mm -hmm. didn't have that. And now I'm so grateful for the community I have and all the tips and tools and, you know, go to a functional medicine doctor because those are the people who are able to address mold now. Um, you know, whereas years ago they didn't even know where to start with that. And, you know, conventional doctor is not going to be able to really help you on the surface. So I think, you know, if you're suspicious of mold, I would see a doctor, maybe get recommendations from your community, whether it's Instagram, so many people, I think one thing I did when I really didn't know if it was Lyme or mold was I went on Instagram and I found Dr. Jess, who I mm-hmm. loved. She was like the mold doctor. And I'm like, she gets me. <laughs> She's my girl. And, yeah. yeah, this is my girl. It's like, finally, somebody who like actually understands what's going on. Yeah. And she is an advocate for kill, bind, sweat, which is killing the pathogens in your body, um, binding before you sweat. And I did that. And I felt so much better without this was, you know, at some point in time when um, I was still being exposed. But I felt so much better just doing that alone. So that's like something super simple you can do. It doesn't really cost you much money. You just have to go to the sauna. Yep. You can take a binder, whatever works for you. And if you're not feeling better, then you, you know, find a doctor that works for you, but find someone who's mold literate and maybe consider someone that deals with Lyme too. Yep. Um, but those are the steps that, you know, if I had to do this all over again, I would probably, um, I would probably take myself and test. That is the most important thing. Cause otherwise, you know, like I was, you're kind of bouncing around from place to place and you just don't know if it's going to make you sicker or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't even talk about kill vine sweat, but definitely. Sweat. <laughs> That's another one. It's like, I do these every day. Yeah. That it becomes my normal life. Yeah. So I don't, and like Same. detox baths, that's a huge yes. one, you know? You do the dry brush. I mean, there's so yes. many things. It's like, I just forget that that's not the norm for somebody else, Completely. you know? Yeah, it's just, um, there's so much that goes into it. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I like you guys said, Karen is literally like my first chronic illness <laughs> community friend. Um, so Karen, where can people follow you on Instagram? People can follow me on Miss Karen Jane. It's MS Karen Jane. Um, and I've been sharing a lot of my healthy treats that have gotten me through the really hard times. And then now, because I still don't eat a lot of sugar. So I make a lot of healthy, low sugar, low carb treats. So um, we're manifesting this now for Karen, um, come back in <laughs> a few years or a year or two from now. And she is going to have this awesome bakery, um, with this amazing <laughs> venue. Like she's to her just aesthetic and vibe of baking and cooking and views and venues and all of that yes. um, is totally her vibe. So I'm definitely manifesting that for you. And I can't wait one day to meet you and try <laughs> these goodies. I know. Yes. Well, you'll have to come to London. Yes. I mean, I would love to come to Colorado. That's like my dream one day. Well, you've got a friend. So yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm so sorry you're dealing with mold. It's a bitch. Um, but now that for anyone that's going through this, like you have people to talk to you, you have ways to get out of it. Their healing is possible at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, so we will chat with you soon. Thanks again, Karen. Thanks. Yeah.